You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Plans and preparations for the 2023 season are underway for your Minnesota Twins. This is the show that catches up with players, staff, and the entire organization. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Uh, Chris Atterbury with you, welcoming you to the first edition of the year of Inside Twins. Now, we had kind of haggled a little bit trying to make Inside Twins a debut on site in San Diego at the winter meetings from a beachside bungalow. That didn't work out. So we are coming to you live from snowy downtown Minneapolis. Pleased to have you with us. We're brought to you, as always, by Killerby Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. The first edition of Inside Twins also coincides with the final day of the winter meetings being held in person in San Diego and in person for the first time in a handful of years. And that's where we go for our guest. He is the leader of baseball operations for the Minnesota Twins, and his name is Derek Falvey. And Derek, some bags under your eyes maybe after a furious couple of days with your cohorts there in San Diego. Tell us the biggest difference being in person again after a couple of years away. Yeah, well, I, uh, there, there certainly are probably bags under my eyes right now. Uh, the sleep is coming at a minimum. <laughs> that, that's probably the biggest difference is we're, we're getting back to uh, that in-person reality, which is great on a lot of levels around meeting up with agents, other clubs, uh, having those conversations around building out our team and, and getting a chance to see some of our staff that's here and, and work through it together. Uh, the biggest difference over the last couple of years, obviously, was Zoom and, and doing it a little bit more remotely. Uh, hopefully that's creating some some pace to the meetings and accelerating some of the conversations. And we've certainly felt that on our end. You've gotten very used to doing business without being in the same room uh, across the league. The whole league has had to do that. Now that you're there, do you find that you're still doing business from your own room, your own suites or wherever? Or is there more of an inclination to, you know, to, to, to be texting with somebody and say, hey, let's meet downstairs and actually talk in person? Yeah, a lot of it happens, you know, as you said, I mean, outside of the three to four days we're here at these meetings, the reality is you're spending all your time, you know, working from a distance. You don't get to see the folks in other front offices or see the agents as often. So uh, we are used to a certain cadence and you don't want to get too far afield from what you're used to. That said, there are some great realities to getting in person, sitting down, talking about needs. You know, sometimes it's meeting even a, a player if they're here, uh, you know, that happens on occasion where you get the chance to talk to somebody and spend some time so it's just a, it's an opportunity to really build that relationship again that then leads into the conversations after sometimes you don't actually finish anything here but that conversation you had in person here the connection you made the relationship you built uh, has has a chance to really flourish when you leave we saw an avalanche of moves post lockout last year right before the lockout and then right after the lockout we're seeing a bunch of moves today obviously Aaron Judge signing back with the Yankees was kind of a big boulder to move uh, and other signings have come in its wake. Do you think being in person has expedited some of those moves as opposed to the tendency to wait it out? Yeah, I think in some ways it has. Uh, you know, the, the reality here is we're, we're kind of moving 
with pace. You can tell from GM meetings that were a few weeks ago, uh, we got to build a little bit of a foundation for the offseason, get an understanding of kind of where our roster was. Uh, other teams were doing the same. I think we're just all glad that we're back. You mentioned, you know, the lockout and having to work during spring training to kind of get that team together. Players didn't have a great sense of the timing of when that might ultimately resolve. So I think we're in a position now, it feels a lot more like uh, years past and is giving us a chance to, to think about the long-term play through the course of the offseason, how we, how we, how we build it. I do think that certainly at these meetings, you've seen more activity than we've seen over the last few seasons around this time of year. So hopefully that's good as we, as we get more clarity around what our roster looks like for next year. That's the voice of Derek Falvey. For those of you joining us all across our fine network, also experimenting today, and this should become uh, regular throughout the course of Inside Twins, where you can join us via the Twins Facebook page, Twins Twitter page, Twins YouTube page. There's a visual element, uh, which can be good or bad, uh, depending on how close the camera is to, to me and who our guest is. We've got graphics. Uh, we can take your questions. We can take your comments as well. So a little something new. Derek, let's get to the heart of the matter here. Carlos Correa has been priority one. He's been uh, the name on everybody's lips. He also now vaults to the top of everybody's wish list because judges off the board. Trey Turner has set a mark, if you will, taking an 11-year, $300 million deal. We know that you guys like Carlos. We know that Carlos likes you. We also know that he's still out there and, as he should, is waiting to see what the best deal he can get for himself. How does the judge and the Turner signings impact what's going on between the Twins and Carlos Correa? You know, I think what you just said is 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 really important. He's earned that right through free agency to kind of wait and see what the market bears and and what the options are. That's that's part of this process. But you also said that you know we've we have a fondness for Carlos. We've we've mentioned that publicly plenty. Hey, he has as well. I think some of this now will come a little bit more become a little bit more clear, right? With some of the market having moved, some of the players that were probably uh, in the band of conversation uh, for for competition, you know, among among some of the other clubs. Uh, this, this clarifies that a little bit. So uh, hopefully we get a little bit more understanding of kind of where Carlos is and, and ultimately what he's going to prioritize in this next uh, next con conversation and contract. But uh, we remain in contact and, and we'll see where it takes us over the, the days to come. I think fans want it to be linear. Uh, they want it to be like, we want this guy. Let's, let's go down the, the list and check it off. It's more of a matrix because there's so many moving parts that are always changing. So there are teams like the Giants who have now their stack of Aaron Judge money still in front of them, burning a hole in their pocket. Hey, we could move Brandon Crawford to, to, to third base. Nobody thought the Padres were looking for shortstops, and they offered $340 million to Trey Turner. So there are different players involved kind of at this poker table. Do you feel like the Turner deal or the Judge deal are going to be more impactful for what eventually it takes to get Carlos Correa in the fold? Yeah, you know, I think obviously when people think about these contracts, they, they focus a little on comparables within the position. You know, you, you don't always compare pitchers to position players, maybe even, you know, within the position player group. So those tend to be the conversations we have with agents. But you pointed out something earlier about the linearity of it. it the reality here is that um, there's typically not a quote unquote buy it now price, uh, ultimately, that that here's what it would take and, and, it, and it moves on. Oftentimes, it's much more dialogue than that. It's much more about let, we need to understand what the dynamics are in all places and, and kind of how the market shapes up. 
Uh, some players want to move really quickly, really early. Some are very appreciative of us having made an offer, and, and we've made some to a um, number of players. And he've even said to us, doesn't rule anybody out. We just want to get a better sense of where the market is uh, on, on, a, on a host of players. So that's, that's pretty normal this time of year. I think as the top of the market kind of plays out, it tends to move down and down. You know, that's a natural progression. I think we're, we're experiencing a little bit of that again here now. Carlos obviously is a big fish out there. I don't want to get back into Boris's deep sea metaphor that he was working on some nautical angles yesterday at the winter meetings and why not you're in San Diego, but I want to shift gears to what I think is probably another need for this club uh, that doesn't get talked about as much. And that's a catching position. Now, Ryan Jeffers has struggled. He has struggled with the bat. He struggled with his health. He has really struggled throwing the ball starting with Ryan, who we know will be back. We hope will be healthier and more impactful at the end of the year there was talk that he was going to go to a drive line or somewhere to work on some of the throwing issues, some of his mechanics. Did that happen? One thing we know about Ryan, he's not afraid to work and he's not afraid to, to go chase ways to get better. Did that happen after the year? And how are you feeling about that? Yeah. So Ryan, you know, everything you just said, he's gone through some ups and downs, but realistically, when you look at young catching across the game, Ryan's done a lot of things really well. He's a great game caller. He's a great receiver. He did deal with some health issues, right. With the broken thumb this year. And then, ultimately some of uh, some of the throwing there that you mentioned that he needs to work on but those are areas of his game that he will go work as you as you just mentioned and he is working this offseason to put himself in a great position we think he's a he has a lot of upside and 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 at a position where there isn't a lot of uh, depth across the game and, and even in free agency or in the trade market so we do think we're going to need another guy to pair up with him most teams now are going to some version of two catcher tandem we have for the last uh, handful of seasons whether it was with with Ryan and Mitch over the past, Jason Castro going back before that, Gary this past year as well. So there's going to be some uh, need for us to, to pair up back there. But Ryan's future is bright. He's young. Uh, he's eager to learn. He's eager to grow. Sometimes you need to give some people time to work into that as long as he has a good plan and a, a good motivation to go do so. Uh, but we will likely add somebody else to that group through the course of this, whether it's free agency or trade. Uh, Wilson Contreras has just moments ago announced he is going to be a Cardinal, taking over from Alina behind the plate. What does the catching market look like? Sean Murphy's name gets bandied around a lot, more of a frontline guy. It would take a lot probably to, to pry him away from Oakland. Uh, how is the market for catchers? Yeah, what you just mentioned, obviously, Wilson Contreras was someone who's well-known in, in this market, uh, certainly his experience in Chicago. Uh, but we, we know that there's some depth to it. We, and honestly, for us, because we have Ryan, we feel like there could be some complementary pieces to him. Uh, are there frontline guys throughout? No, some of them might be more of a, a platoon matchup. You know, sometimes you match up a left-handed hitter with a right-handed hitter. You see a little bit more of that across the game now, not just in in our space. So uh, we feel there's depth to the group. We feel there's really good defenders. Uh, the position has become very light offensively. I think uh, we were spoiled here in Minnesota going back a number of years with Joe Maurer back there doing both for, a, for an extended period of time. It's hard to find across the game, but I think that we want a, a player back there who can help lead our pitching staff, take pride in the defensive side of things, and really, really be a, a captain of the team in many ways back there that, that, that we're going to need to be an anchor for us. That's Derek Falvey. It's our opening segment here. We went a little long, but we've got uh, a whole lot more meat on the bone still to come on this edition of Inside Twins brought to you by Killer Brew Root Beer. Now, for all of you listening across our network, we're going to take a quick timeout right here on your home for Twins Baseball. Derek Falvey, our guest. The show is Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killerby Root Beer, locally owned and operated. How memories are created, legends are made. Now, Derek, you're our guinea pig. 
uh, because you are show one. And we are going to play a little game throughout the course of the year on Inside Twins where we revisit something we had a lot of fun with over the course of last season. We went around the clubhouse and we asked players to describe their teammates. And then we had fans try to guess to see if they could identify the teammates and who they were talking about. And it went some different directions. So we thought we'd play that game with you. What do you say? There are no All prizes. Right, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm All up right, for it. I'll give it a there, shot. There are no prizes, but we appreciate your participation. Uh, here we go. So this is a mystery <laughs> twin. And I'm going to go ahead and open with a clue about one of the Minnesota twins. And that clue is courtesy of Carlos Correa. He's a terrible gamer. He, he thinks he's good, but he's not. I've seen him play a couple of times, and uh, I used to play video games. Yeah, he, he just runs around the map just having an adventure where he can kill no one. <laughs> so he's bad at video games, all right? Carlos says he's bad at video games, and I think key there, Carlos pretty insightful cat. He just runs around having an adventure instead of actually focusing on the game. So that's, that's clue number one. Clue number two goes a different direction, and it comes from Nick Gordon. He's very, like, he got that elegant style, you know? He's going to always have a good smell, good, you know? Um, He's going to be clean from head to toe, always. He's going to be new, you know? Yeah, got some drip. Got some drip. He uh, he going to make sure he stay fresh. I mean fresh. He ain't, it ain't going to no dirt, marks, nothing ain't going to be wrinkled. He's going to be together. All right, so that just ruled out about two-thirds of your roster and all of your front office staff. So the, well, if you ruled out Rocco Baldelli, I'll tell you <laughs> yeah, that. Rocco, right. Rocco is gone. He's not <laughs> in the conversation. We're smelling good. We got the drip. I don't even know if I can say drip and not uh, come up sounding horrible. Uh, but that that's where we're at. We're, we're looking good. Uh, terrible at video games. And the last clue comes from Byron. You don't know where he's at at all times because he has the most – Cologne I've seen in anybody's locker, 100%. I know exactly where he's at at any time, 100%. Got to be Cologne. All right, you're smiling and you're nodding. Can you identify our mystery twin? Yeah, I think he's last year's American League batting champion. If there's one person, that last clue kind of put it over the top for me, for sure. So, Louis always uh, he's always clean. He's always looking good. And, uh, and, and, and the joke running around is he might have more Cologne in his locker than any person I've ever seen. That's for sure. So you win. You get it. You know your players inside and out. Louis Arise was indeed our mystery twin. Not only the best hitter in the American League, but also the best smelling hitter in the American League. So let's transition from that to the swirl of transaction talk. And Louis's name has been floated around. I don't think that's a shock because, as you've said repeatedly, we listen on everything. If you don't take a call, you're doing yourself a disservice. But I want to talk about his value. I love him. I know you love him. But the value of a guy who struggles to find a position and doesn't hit for a ton of power in today's game is measured differently by different organizations. What does his value mean? And does it mean less? Does it mean more than maybe the perception of what a batting title would be? Yeah, you know, I I think this is the hardest part of this game. And and certainly during these meetings, when uh, one of your own players gets bandied about in in the media about, you know, they might be traded. I can tell you that nine times out of 10, most of it's coming from just rumor or a team checking in or what this looks like. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it doesn't always have a lot of legs and traction. I can tell you that's the case with Louis. You know, there's a lot of conversations. A lot of teams, for good reason, have interest in Luis. And I think that, you know, at, at some point you have to take all those calls. As I've said before, it's my job to learn to think about that. But we place a high bar on what he brings to this club, you know, not just on the field, who he is as a hitter 
but ultimately what he means to our clubhouse, you know, the way he goes about his work, the way he cares about it. And you know, he's here, he's under contract for a while here with the twins. And so that's something that's really important to us. We're not, we don't shop Louis Arise. I can tell you that right now, or, but we do have a lot of teams that have some interest in him. As you said, you know, the power and, and some of the other parts of his game that aren't as prevalent as his unbelievable bat to ball skill and hit that plays a role in kind of what the contribution looks like. But we still think getting on base at the high, high clip that he does and the ability to get get a hit when we need it uh, balances out our lineup because we know we're going to have some power and some thump and you know, guys like Byron and Polanco and others that are you know big parts of our lineup over the last couple of years. We feel like he balances out that group uh, really well. So we're really happy to have him. Uh, and certainly we, we intend that that's more likely than not the case going forward. That, and honestly, the contract and the on-base percentage, teams would be crazy not to call, right, to, to, to see exactly what uh, perhaps they could try to pull off. Speaking of other teams, do the Cincinnati Reds just avoid you at these meetings? I, I mean, do they have anybody left that you haven't taken? We got Kyle Farmer, Malley. Uh, we got we got Sonny. Like, do they just move to the other side of the hall when you walk when you walk down? I think it's a great thing in many ways because we have a good relationship, you know, and, and ultimately the balancing of of their needs and what they are doing at the time and and ultimately where our team is. Sometimes when a team's more in a, a little bit of a build mode, they're focused more on younger prospects and it tends to overlap. We have great relationships with a bunch of people over there in that organization uh, and ultimately feel like when we got Sonny or when we got Tyler uh, or, or when we got um, even Farmer, this you know this this deadline for for the tender deadline, you know they're different acquisitions, they're different types of acquisitions, but we feel like we've got a good relationship, and relationships are at the core of building these types of trades. You have to trust each other, you have to feel like you're you're built, you're putting the information out there that's accurate, and and you're trading good players away. That's painful always, but to get talent back, sometimes you gotta you gotta make that difficult decision. I want to ask you a little bit about Max Kepler, uh, a little enigmatic. Uh, Max is a guy I've known since he was sixteen years old we talked with you before 2019 when he had a subpar season with some county numbers you said look there's some stuff below the surface we really like line drive percentages and whatnot had a monster year as did, did several max is a guy who who i think struggled during the pandemic with his health uh and he's just a bit of a different guy to be around now than than maybe he was before uh a little more guarded certainly seems that way and and the numbers were tough for him he had a tough year the defense always going to be there, but he had a tough year. And people say, oh, the shift will help him. Where is Max? I don't even care physically. I know Max physically has all the skills in the world. Where is Max mentally in terms of, of baseball and his ability to, to be a productive twin? You know, I, you said one thing in there that when you think about the whole package, you know, Max has had some really great uh, performances for us over the last number of years. Uh, he's certainly gone through some struggles, too. And I think I do think the shift restriction and, and these new changes will help him quite a bit. He's one of the most affected by that offensively. And I think at times he's lost some confidence offensively when, when he's going through some slumps and some stretches. But one thing I will say and credit to him, I, I think he's the best right fielder defensively in baseball. I think there's a lot of objective measures that say that. I think there's a lot of uh, scouts that tell us that and other teams that tell us that. And quite frankly, the fact that he can go do that uh, while it's under the radar, it's kind of graceful in the way he plays it. It's not always about it's the balls he gets to and, and the outs that he converts for us. That's a huge advantage for us. So he's he's more on both sides of the ball now. He did have that offensive contribution back in 19. He's still going through some of those adjustments. David Popkins, our hitting coach, still feels like there's more in the tank there that we can tap into more consistently. We got to get him on a run. We got to get him building in the right direction this year. And if he does that, I feel like you're going to see the complete player we got a chance to see back in 19 or something a lot closer. 
closer to that for sure. A happy, confident Max Kepler is just a difference-making type of guy for any team, in particular the Minnesota Twins. We'll take a break, come back. we got one final segment here on Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. More with Derek Falvey next on your home for Twins Baseball. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Final segment time here on Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated how memories are created and legends are made. Derek Falvey, kind enough to join us on the final day of the winter meetings. Want to go back to earlier in the meetings here, Derek. You had a little frozen envelope magic in the first ever draft lottery. I don't know if you Patrick Ewing that thing and you, you crease the corner or you, you, you put some sort of a voodoo curse on the ping pong balls, but you jumped from 13 to 5. Uh, a, how long did it take before Sean Johnson was calling you? Uh, and, and, and two, who was your lucky charm? <laughs> you know, I, I will say I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, you come to winter meetings and this, this was the first year we were going to have it. And we hope we get some luck along the way in the you know free agent market, trade markets, but also in that market. And I will tell you, uh, we certainly are benefited a ton from that last night to go up from our odds are lined up for more like 13 last night. And it ultimately got the fifth pick. That's it. That's an incredible jump for us. It gives us a chance to go access you know a more premium talent in this draft. Uh, one that can add to the, the the group of prospects. You know, I think about drafting Brooks Lee last year at eight, and we really felt like he was a top five player. Well, now we're going to have a chance to go back in the market and get that again. So uh, Sean was, um, they were live TV, so I couldn't call him, unfortunately, as that was all coming out. But uh, I will tell you, I called him just after and texted him, and uh, we had a, a nice celebratory dinner to say, hey, that's a heck of an outcome for us. It's great for our scouting group. We get to add real talent to the pipeline, and ultimately it'll it'll be fun next year in the draft. The goal, obviously, is never to be in that lottery, so hopefully you're not in that seat uh, very much moving forward. But the whole idea for fans who are unaware, it's kind of been under the radar, they don't want people to tank. And, and so they're going to give the, the worst teams the best chance, but not a guarantee. Pirates did end up with the first pick. The A's plummeted. They just plummeted. Uh, so maybe there's some karma in there uh, after all. But a, a big move up for the Minnesota Twins here. Uh, in terms of how that uh, draft lottery played out. Speaking of drafts, the Rule 5 draft is actually happening uh, very soon. Uh, We're talking earlier in the day it's going to happen while this show airs across many uh, of our networks. Rule 5 is an interesting thing. Uh, If you're a really good team, probably hard to keep one of those guys on your roster. You're more worried about losing one. Maybe you can spot a guy in. You can't protect everybody. We do have some comments coming in. uh, And one of our questions coming to us via uh, Facebook is with the Rule Five Draft. Are there prospects you're afraid of losing that you didn't have room to protect on your forty? Well, there's always that concern, and you end up hearing rumors usually over the last twenty-four hours that lead into this day that there might be a player or two that's being asked about by another club within your organization. 
it's always difficult when you squeeze out a couple of players on your roster and we've lost some along the way and we've ultimately taken some along the way too. And I think that our, our view of that is hopefully we're in a position to, to have protected the right guys. You know, even if someone gets selected, there's always the potential that they return. Uh, and we go through the process of evaluating that with other clubs too. So I'm hopeful we're on, on the right side of that this year uh, ultimately. And, and, and we'll see how that shakes out here in a little bit. Uh, where is your roster now? Are you in a position to be active as a selector in that rule five? Yeah, we're tech, you have to be at 39 of, of on the 40-man roster in order to go into the Rule 5 to select anybody. Uh, we've worked through that list, and there's the potential for that as we get there. The reality is I wish the draft lottery uh, results actually applied last night to this draft. Unfortunately, they don't, so we'll be picking a little further down, uh, down the list. Uh, so there could be a couple of players we like uh, that may be gone ahead. And then what ends up happening is when you get to your pick, if one of the players you would have really liked, you don't necessarily have to select anybody there. Uh, if that player is gone, we might just pass in that scenario. So uh, there's a couple of guys that we, we like a little bit, and we'll see if maybe that'll uh, that'll come to fruition later today. Derek, you and your, your front office have proven to be very patient, very nimble in terms of, hey, we can wait. We can sign a guy late. We can trade for a guy late. We'll make a move if we think it makes us better. In a perfect world, though, would you like to get more – uh, of a foundational idea of what your roster is going to look like earlier as opposed to later so you could focus on what you have sooner right out of the gate? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think the more you can get a little bit of uh, of that landscape figured out by the time the calendar turns to the next uh, calendar year, it's just you're in a much better spot. Now, I will say, you know, we've pointed it out. We've talked about shortstop. We've talked about catcher. Foundationally, when I look at our roster, there's a lot of really good positive places to, to, to start. You know, we feel our, our pitching staff's in a deeper place. You know, the, the benefit, you know, if there was a benefit to some of our uh, health struggles in September and otherwise were that we got a chance to get some young players, some real opportunities and to get some guys that experience that will help them at the major league level going forward. And now we have a better idea looking at our group as we're pitching our future to, to potential free agents, you know, and, and guys, we look at that and say, these guys already had some experience at the big league level and they're going to help us going forward. So there's a good foundation. There's some areas we certainly need to hit. Might take a while, ultimately, unfortunately, but but hopefully we can work through the entirety of the offseason to make this team better. Yeah, and hopefully your phone's not ringing on Christmas Eve unless that call is coming from Santa Claus. What's the Falvey family holiday season looking like? Oh, it's 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 a lot of home time together. Uh, there's nothing better for me than being around my, my wife and kids um, around Christmas time and, and, and really kind of that that joy and that uh, that experience with I, I've got young kids, three of them. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to that over the next few weeks. That's a good reason to stay up late and to get up early. Derek, we appreciate your time. Travel safely back from San Diego. Pack your snow boots because it's coming down here in Minneapolis. This has been Inside Twins brought to you by Kilby Root Beer on your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.